0: Namaste, you nasty fucks. This is Keep Up with Still of Insane. Now, I'm still here. I'm still bringing to you motherfucking here. But um, we did our first pop quiz edition. That was episode five. Now, for those that are not familiar with the format of this show, I do four segments on the regular uh, podcast throughout the month. There's four episodes. So you get four segments, you get four episodes. And then you get a bonus episode and the bonus episode is supposed to be an interview with someone in cutting-edge technology uh, someone that I admire anybody that I feel is on the struggle and the grind in the city trying to get things done uh, preferably people that are creative preferably people that are doing two jobs and still try to be creative so I thought I did that with Maria Bastadian. she is uh, I gave you the backstory she's my web developer she's a former uh, happen date, um, I bored you guys, sorry, my bad, I had someone call me out on it in my fantasy football league, he's a dope, uh, critic of my show, his name is Mac, I don't even really know, oh, Kenny actually, Kenny, and, um, so we'll get into that later, we'll get into that later, but, um, like I said, you get this, and four episodes are dedicated to Keep Up, so next guest that I have, I will make up for it. Um, It's a surprise, we're still trying to work out who the second guest is going to be, but in order to be a guest on my show, I must say, there are two requirements. One requirement is that you give me a sound clip of what the fuck, yes, that is what is part of uh, the uniqueness of this show, Uh, we say what the fuck and we have different sound clips and different people saying it, introducing me to the topic, I need you to do that people, and you just send that in even if you're never gonna be on the show. Sorry, if you're not that interesting, you're not gonna be on the show. I'm not really that sorry. So second is that you have to listen to my show. I had someone ask me recently, hey Vince, how's the show going? It would be much better if you actually fucking listen to it. Duh. I had another person on Instagram, she tried to flirt with me and shit like that. And then she says something along those lines again she goes oh how's your podcast going I'm like do you not listen to my podcast (sighs) listen guys I know that not everybody's out here to support you even your friends but to be honest man if they ain't supporting you if they're not trying at least or like telling other people about what you're doing I've been in voiceover for a long time there's been people I was at the last company I was at. They were doing a video and they actually had me as a voiceover artist, could've used me for free, but they did not, they did not. So you gotta make your own opportunity, that's why I do this show. I'm not just gonna keep all my shit to myself. So let's get to it, let's get fucking to it! I promise you, I promise you, this show will get better and I promise you that the next Pop Quiz edition of this month will be exciting it will be pertaining to the questions of the show i promise i really messed up that was my first one though and this is my second podcast ever so i'm trying you guys we're gonna learn together we're gonna learn and to you can we're gonna learn fucking together and we'll get back to you actually we will get back to you there's more to you What the fuck? did i just watch well Like I said, I've been watching a lot of Oscar movies lately. The best movies of 2017, that's the white side of me. Um, But anyway, I, uh, at the Dolby Theater in California will be the 90th Academy Awards, and I have basically almost watched everything. So uh, let's go to variety.com, that shows, obviously you can go to oscar.com, but variety.com shows in a better format. And the best pictures, I saw everything but Phantom Thread and uh, Call Me By Your Name, Call Me By Your Name. That is with Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, he is uh, someone who just gave back his salary for being in a Woody Allen movie. You know how that's lately? You know, he, he's married to his daughter after being uh, accused of raping his younger daughter, Dylan Farrow uh, after he divorced Mia Farrow, and so after he divorced Mia Farrow, he, uh, got with his daughter, uh, or, no, not his daughter, sorry, her daughter, he was, no relation to her, but it's still creepy, so he gave back his salary for that, that was cool, so Timothy Chalamet, shout out to him for, you know, making up for his mistake, uh, that's cool, Army Hammer, he's from the Facebook movie, he played the twins, he's been in a few other things as well, handsome dude, uh I did not see the Phantom Thread. I want to really bad. I love Daniel Day Lewis. If I was an actor though and I was acting with Daniel Day Lewis, the greatest actor of all time, he has about three Academy Awards for best actor, he's the man. But I heard that he's like too much. He's too much. You're doing too much. He uh he's a method actor and method actors sometimes go overboard. They uh they stay too long, too fucking long, in character, day and night. Whether they're shooting the scene or not, they're basically playing the characters. So so imagine Adam Sandler, if he was Waterboy, if he was Bobby Boucher, and he was Bobby Boucher all fucking day long. Would you like some H2O? That's some high-quality H2O. All up in your shit, man. You could be getting a blowjob, and homie goes, Oh, that was that was, that was lately, lately lubricated. Nah, you don't want that. You definitely don't want that. So, um, there's a price to pay for method acting, basically. So, the other movies that were, um, nominated were The Darkest Hour. That's with Gary Oldman. Of course, he's got the the Me Too tag on him for sexual harassment. Who doesn't? Nowadays. Us men are fucking jerks. Just putting that out there. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk was fire. Dunkirk was really good, actually. Um, I didn't want to like Dunkirk because I felt like, damn, another war movie. You'll get that a lot from me. I hate redundant fucking movies. But Dunkirk was not one of them. Dunkirk was was refreshing. And it was good because they really didn't focus on any one story. I didn't even realize Tom Hardy was in it. Just being real. Um, So you'll like that. And Dunkirk is the island near uh, England, Great Britain. That was uh, ambushed by German uh, alliances. uh, The Axis of Evil. And uh they were ambushed, surprisingly, so over four hundred thousand soldiers from Canada, from different alliance from uh they were trapped. They were trapped and uh Germany was about to get that ass. Hitler was about to get that ass. And uh Winston Churchill, he led the fight to get them out of there. The uh, and, and around three hundred thousand around like around three hundred and forty thousand uh Soldiers were able to make it back safe, and that, that's pretty sick. Because, like I said, they were they were done. They should have been done. Get Out by Jordan Peele, um, the uh, lead actor, also Daniel Kalua Kaluuya, believe he's British, maybe from African descent. But um, that that was one of my favorite movies last year, and I love Jordan Peele. Um, I love his wife, Chelsea Peretti. She's mad funny on Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's also the mother. On Big Mouth. So uh, Get Out was basically about this African American dude. He's in an interracial relationship with Allison Williams. She's so fucking hot. Um, so So basically if you are an African American and you're in an interracial relationship. And you're going to meet your all white parents. That's already scary enough. And to make it even more scary. They got some body snatching, skeleton key kind of synopsis going on. So it's really sick. It's really awesome. Very, very awesome movie. I would not be surprised if it got um, the actual best picture, but that's not my pick. It's not my pick. Uh, Lady Bird. Lady Bird is um, Greta Gerwin. She directed it. I will be, uh, I will be choosing her for best director. It's really awesome. It is a coming of age film, just like, uh, just like soldier and army movies and war movies. It can get a little played out. The coming of age. But it's different. It, uh, it takes place in Sacramento. Not many movies are taking place there. Um, the dynamic between Lori Metcalf and uh, she's a young mother. And uh, she's not she's not very uh, warm and receptive. It, it's, it's a very intriguing movie. And uh, the father is uh, trying to make it in the workforce. But he, he's actually battling his son. His son who's so much younger. And doesn't even have a degree. This guy has a master's. And now he's battling the job market against his son, so it just shows you a lot of realistic things that are happening in modern society that you don't even get to see in movies that much. So that's why I think this movie got nominated, and I definitely think Greta Gerwig deserves it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get into uh, something about Greta Gerwig real quick after we mention our best pictures. I, I mentioned The Phantom Thread. That was I did not get to see that yet. The Post. The post was awesome. It's about the Washington Post um, bringing out the documents that showed that the Vietnam War was uh, perpetuated for a very long time. And that they lied to the public for administrations of why we were there. And was it a war after all? It actually was a war. It wasn't a police action. It wasn't Our government lied to us for four straight administrations. And, uh, and you had Nixon who had promised to get us out of the war. And he was basically leading the cover up right before Watergate so Meryl Streep is the editor who's conflicted on bringing the story out she has uh, affluent friends so if she does this she's going to sacrifice her social life um, and her status and her stature and her family's business they're the ones who own the Washington Post and then you got Tom Hanks he is the editor and um, he's really cool he's really awesome in this Uh, he didn't get nominated but he, he played a very good role that was dope. The Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro. He was nominated as well. As well as Sally Hawkins. Very good movie. Very good movie. Um, It's basically about a merman. And so you have uh, my man Michael Shannon. He is the bad guy in it. And uh, he is the head of, I believe, the FBI. I think it's the FBI. And so... You have Sally Hawkins, she is cleaning um, the facility, it's like a science facility, and you have Octavia Spencer, she got nominated, she's awesome, Uh, from The Help, and many other movies, Hidden Figures, she's the shit. And so they're cleaning this, and she discovers a merman, she discovers like some blue lagoon kind of creature, and it eats off um, the dude's finger, and uh, she ends up falling in love with it. And you get to see some spectacular special effects and great directing by Guillermo del Toro. Um, a lot of people are um, predicting him to win. I'm not going to predict that. I don't, I don't think he fully deserves it. I think he deserves to get nominated, but that's not my pick. My pick for Best Picture of the Year is actually three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. My homegirl Frances McDermott, Woody Harrelson, and um, homie Sam Rockwell. They, they knocked it out of the park with this. Um, it's about this woman, um, her daughter gets raped and the town and the sheriff, she feels like they're not doing a good enough job um, trying, to, uh, trying to solve this, this murder in a small town. So she takes three billboards that pretty much come at the sheriff, come at the town and uh, just expose the town for not doing justice by her girl. So those, uh, those are the best pictures, I can't go through all the nominees. Um, There's some really dope nominees out there. There was some snubs, James Franco, you know, but to be honest, you know, the facts are not all out with that. Um, But, you know, there was too many women back in the day that weren't getting their due justice and sometimes the pendulum swings in a different direction. And so for women, for a long time, they had the disadvantage with reporting um, any type of abuse. And now, um, now it's easy. Now it's easy without the, the, we're gonna have to come to a middle. Can't scare all the dudes away like Dave Chappelle said, but here we are. And we're gonna keep marching forward. So, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and and I still have a what the fuck moment to, to get over, is that in the 90 year history of the Academy Awards, is how many... Now, we all know that it's really, really hard for black directors to get the award, but it's even harder, way harder, for a woman of any color. Catherine Bigelow is the only, the only, in 90 years, the only woman to win a Best Director nomination at the Oscars. She is also the ex-wife of James Cameron, the man who made Terminator, the man who made Avatar, very legendary, but so is Catherine Bigelow. Zero Dark Thirty, The Hurt Locker, that's what she won her Academy Award. But I just wanted to show you why I'm saying what the fuck about this? Why, why the hell am I still seeing this shit? So that's why I'm voting for Greg Gerwig. I know it's a little political. I did the same thing with Obama. I was like, damn. Should I vote for Hillary or should I vote for Obama when the primaries were here? And I was all about Hillary, but then I said to myself, "Damn, when am I going to have another shot to do this?" And now with the current administration, I knew I was right because that white backlash, that white lash was terrible. Woo! I'm still feeling it. Still feeling the cold front. So, people that have been nominated, and and it's only been around five women in the 90 year history five women that have been nominated so Greta Gerwig, Catherine Bigelow you have um, Jane Campion she uh, directed the piano piano is a great movie Um, but Steven Spielberg Schindler's List was better so then you have Lynn Wilmaier and she wrote and she's a uh, she did an Italian movie called Seven Beauties but that didn't uh, topple John G. Anderson, and he directed Rocky, so it's understandable. Those, uh, but again, five nominees, and I was reading an article that many people in the profession, many people in in uh, movies, in film, just don't believe that women um, are able to covet that award. They just don't feel that women films are artistic enough, and that is total fucking bullshit. Not everybody knows that, so. These are the women that have been nominated, and it's about time for a change. It's about time for us to, uh, like I said, man, there were many times where Dick was in the way of a woman um, being nominated, and now it's time for Pussy Power to get up on that podium. Greta Gerwig, go get that fucking Oscar. 't no start no trouble with me trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me don't pull up at 6 a.m to cuddle with me you know how i like it when you love it on me what the fuck did i just hear god's plan god's plan i'll be here all week everybody i'll be here all week or at least the next three episodes so um that's my homeboy drake that's how i get my hair cut and that's my homeboy And, uh, he just gave a scholarship. He just gave a scholarship after, uh, debuting these last two songs, Diplomatic Immunity. On February 5th, he donated, uh, to this woman, this lady in, uh, Miami. Um, who knows, man. Maybe she was a stripper and was, you know, trying to give, uh, tuition money. Now I'm joking. But, um, she received a 50,000 check from him. And that makes sense because he's super successful and he can afford it. Giving her a big-ass check I'm looking at right now. Check is bigger than her, almost bigger than him. She seems lovely. But um, Drake made some history uh, these last few weeks after breaking Spotify and Apple Music single-day streaming record. Drake's God's Plan soared to number one on the Billboard Top 100, and his Diplomatic Immunity made number seven. And uh, that had me thinking to myself, what what the fuck are the top-selling albums? I always knew that Michael Jackson was number one for Thriller, so let's actually go to the numbers. So we have Thriller, which sold 47 million units, and a unit is one CD, one record, one purchase. So that is what a unit is, and he sold 47. He also broke the record... For most pre-album sales and he went double platinum before the album even came out now Justin Timberlake uh, came close recently I think he went over platinum uh, before the album release but uh, still didn't touch Michael Jackson's record so there are reports that he also sold 60 million records but that is claimed record sales. next on the list is the Eagles The Eagles, uh, are a really dope band. Um, you may know them. Uh, Hotel California. My favorite song is one of those nights. One of these nights. My dad, it's like one of his favorite bands. And they actually got to go see them before Glenn Frey died. How lucky are they? Fucking dope. So now I don't even want to see the Eagles anymore without Glenn Frey. But I heard that they're still touring and they're still kicking ass, so. But, um, they're... They're second on the list, and they sold 32 million records. Then you have Fleetwood Mac, who's also on another comeback tour. I didn't get to see them yet. I see a lot, a lot of live music, but I've not get to see these two bands. And obviously, Michael Jackson, I did not get to see unless I was really young. And then we have then we have Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. It was a really dope soundtrack. My sister used to sing that in the shower all the damn time. I wasn't there to witness but you know i was there I, I heard it heard it through the hall that was 28.4 million units sold then we have acdc now actually yo you know what i just found out i had no idea acdc was from australia i knew they had many lead singers i knew Axel rose is the new lead singer i know i went when i went to coachella brian johnson was the lead singer and he was phenomenal phenomenal it's like i was listening to one of those Jersey Dive Bars, I hate Jersey, but anyway, um, dope, so dope, ACDC, that rounds up, I'm only doing the top five, but it had me wondering, Drake, Drake breaks all types of billboard records, are there even any records to break anymore, so that just answers, so nobody's touching that, nobody's touching 47 million on one album, I remember when Britney Spears, and Nelly, and Ja Rule, and NSYNC, And Backstreet Boys, when they were all very popular, they were going easily diamond. I mentioned on another show that Santana went diamond. Well worthy. Maybe not so much of the pop people I mentioned, but a very huge accomplishment. What the fuck did I just watch? What did you watch, Brother Thomas? That's my brother providing us with the sound clips of what the fuck this week. I have more. But um, I'm assuming he was watching the Super Bowl as well Uh, fuck Tom Brady first of all I am a Jets fan I don't care who knows I will always be biased against that little bitch so but um I'm a little biased against the Giants too I, I said I'm a Jets fan and I'm not one of those people that roots for two teams that's straight up for bisexuals if you're asking me but um at the Super Bowl we don't have to get too deep into it uh, not the game, at least the game was perfect for me because Brady lost, put up ultimate stats, 40 years old, 500 yards and three touchdowns. That was sick. It was kind of like playing the video game when they announced the the best player of the game before the game ends. It should have been him, but oh well, he took the loss. But uh, the reason why I said what the fuck uh, did we just watch? Did we just see? Not watch, see. Um, the reason why I say see is it's something that I didn't really like choose to see. Watch is to me something you chose to view see is something like happenstance it's like oh it just passed your view your peripheral and you're like what the fuck did i just see so what the fuck did i just see i saw dirty dancing with odell beckham and eli manning and some other scrubs that are on the giants but that shit was hilarious he did the little he did the little pirouette Eli put him in the air. Easily the funniest commercial. There were poignant commercials out there. There were ones with messages. But especially with the tumultuous year that Eli and Odell had, that's why that shit was hilarious. And I'm kind of rooting for the little dynamic. I like Odell. He's a really good uh, football player. It's much better having him on the cover of Madden than it is having Gronk or I am Gronk and having Tom Shady fucking cheer on my cover. I don't even want to play Madden when they're on it. Just being honest. And what I did notice, because you know I gotta have a little social commentary for this shit, is that uh, Tom Brady didn't shake nobody's hand. Now I remember when Cam Newton did that, everybody was up his ass. Everybody. They were like, oh, Cam Newton's a bad sportsman. So you win five championships and you don't shake scrubby Nick Foles' hand and that's okay? TV 12, you suck. I don't know. I just have a feeling he's not that nice of a person. I I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just that much of a hater. But, um, yo, sportsmanship should be done everywhere, Tom. Should be done everywhere. You're 40 years old, doesn't matter. You are not excused from shaking a motherfucker's hand. Alright? Alright? Do we have... Are we cleared? We're clear. My name is Machio Quinn, and I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan alive. Oh, look at the hands, he's got beautiful hands, Tommy does Gorgeous, big, huge hands And then he comes down in a suit, look at him So handsome, big, broad shoulders Looks so strong Oh, yeah, this is my favorite part Look at the eyes Look at the eyes, he's got gorgeous blue eyes and a fucking chin He's so strong, so handsome Oh, look at Tommy Beautiful kids. Oh, I mean, he makes beautiful kids. I mean, Giselle, she's nice looking, but those kids look like Tom. Oh. Whoa, 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 was that gay. But it was fucking funny. I'm not gonna lie, I was doing that voice the whole time I was at the Super Bowl. Old oh, Tom, you brought all oldest Tom. Yo, Boston accents have to be one of the funniest accents, no matter what. Fucking wicked anyway so michael rapaport he is from uh higher learning a fantastic movie with ice cube and lawrence fishburne and uh omar epps tyra banks about racism on uh, college campuses and michael uh, michael rapaport he was also in a show called boston public he has ascended very slowly very gradually but now he is an instagram sensation one million followers he also has a podcast on Bar Tool Sports. That is another Instagram that is fucking hilarious. They've had some controversies with some sexism, but whatever. Not every uh, fruit has no blemishes. But uh, Michael Rappaport, hilarious. Again, fuck Tom Brady. Um, I hope he loses many more Super Bowls. Go Jets. What the fuck did he just say? You're going to say that a lot about me. I just say some dumbass shit most of the time. But sometimes I say stuff that makes me say ponder to myself. Um, I went to my Twitter, and uh, I had this conversation with the person that was on uh, the podcast with me. uh, Pop Quiz, Maria Bedazian. Like I said, um, we bombed a little bit. But the chemistry was good. I actually would love to have her on the show again. It was my fault. I did not stick to the format. So um, I went to my Twitter and I, I read her a quote to like, you know, pacify because she said that the person that gave us advice on the, or feedback on the show was mean and I'm used to that. I'm used to people, you know, having sharp tongues when they're speaking to me. That's just the way I am. I'm okay. I don't care about the, uh, the way that you convey sometimes. I think people get caught up in that too much. So I went back to Mary Poppins. I said, not everybody needs a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. And it's true, man. It's true. Some people need for you to coddle them in information. And um, I'm going to read you the feedback that this dude Kenny in my fantasy football league. He's a jerk most of the time, but he's right. He was right. And here's what he said. Wow. I want those 22 minutes of my life back. This is by far the most ridiculously lame content I've ever forced myself to listen to. The structure was supposed to be pop quiz of previous episodes with a guest okay I'm game for the next 22 minutes I proceed to listen to Vince literally chit chat about stuff only his guest's mother would give a shit about a chicky man on a dating app this entire episode had the feel that your audience was actually on the fly on the wall of your second date nothing of significance at all was discussed during this entire mind-numbing 22 minutes not a single question was asked involving a single previous episode with this superficial guest I delete this entire episode and redo it. The guest implied Starbucks coffee is not good enough for her. The guest declares she's a millennial, so you know we don't give a fuck about anything. And Vince concurs. These are the only highlights of 22 minutes of a completely irrelevant second date I just listened to. Damn, dog, The truth hurts. But I'm not gonna lie. Pop quiz kind of sucked. But it's gonna be much better, my dude. It's gonna be much better. So like I said, Mary Poppins... Yo, we don't need a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. We just need a lot of weed. Anyway, <laughs> so that's enough for this first uh, for this uh, episode number six. This is episode number six, and um, it's Oscar month. It's Black History Month. Let's get to it. Uh, my Instagram is still insane. My Facebook is still insane. My Twitter is still insane. My Snapchat is still insane. I'm trying to get the YouTube popping soon. I'm working with an animator right now to make some of these episodes, you know, fly with color. Um, so basically all my social media is still insane. The uh, Our show is on SoundCloud. I'm trying to get it on iTunes. Still insane, still insane. Um, yeah, please comment. Give me feedback like Ken did or Mac, whatever his fucking name is. We And, and don't ever argue with him about politics. Holy shit that guy goes forever but um yeah man so i got a new i got a new exit exit outro shut the fuck up listen up and of course keep up with still been saying i'm out of y'all